Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm so excited to talk to Ashley Herring Blake about her new novel, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail. And that is so true. She does not fail. <laughs> Welcome. A little bit, maybe. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. This was such a delicious read. It was so much fun. And I saw so many things that sort of point to my life, which I always like to do as a reader. So yeah, absolutely. Give, give us a little bit of history of who Astrid Parker is. Right. Well, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail is the second book in um, the Bright Fall series. So she was introduced to readers. If you've read Delilah Green Doesn't Care, um, she is Delilah's stepsister um, and is very she's the only child of a very particular refined mother. I guess that's a nice way to say it, um, who has you know, a lot of expectations. They they had some trauma growing up. She lost her dad early. She lost her stepfather pretty early. Um, and so, you know, it's just her and her mom and sort of Delilah, but, you know, well, read Delilah for the backstory there. But, um, <laughs> um, but she, you know, is a person, she's very type A, she's a Virgo. So she's very much, you know, take charge and get things done, but also like does what's expected of her. Um, so she really, and she's never really questioned those expectations before. She's just kind of gone with what she knows she's supposed to do. You know, she goes to a good college. She um, gets a job that is a, a job that people would look on as something that is, um, you know, potentially successful and, you know, kind of more elite, I guess you could say. Um, and kind of all set up by her mother as well. And then, you know, in Delilah's book, she was engaged to, you know, just a, mediocre white man, (laughs) 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 you know, just wasn't the best fit for her. Um, But it took her a while to figure out that she doesn't have to follow those steps. So that was kind of her first entry into, wait a minute, I don't have to follow this pattern um, that my mom has kind of set out for me and that I've always felt like I kind of needed to follow. And so that was kind of the first step in Delilah's book where she realized she didn't have to marry this guy. And so then in, in this book, she's dealing more with her career Um, it's not going well. Um, she's an interior designer, but she has an opportunity to be on a, um, a renovation show that I completely made up called inside America. Um, and it's about renovating inns, like historic inns throughout the country. Um, and the host is like a really, you know, America's sweetheart designer. And so Astrid's like, this is my chance to prove that I can, I'm successful and I can do this and my business won't go under and all that. But, you know, she didn't expect to clash so much with the head carpenter who's her own kind of disaster Jordan Everwood and then um (laughs) you know and then things happen so (laughs) I love it I noticed with Astrid that as you were telling it she is doing what's accepted it's at the beginning of the book that's that is what happens I think when you have a mother who is a particular mother who wants the best for their child. So they say, and they want to be controlling and it's a bit of a toxic relationship. Yeah. And, and it, well, or maybe it's a whole toxic relationship and not just a bit. (laughs) It is. (laughs) But then I think sometimes, you know, I look at that and having come from a situation 
similar to that, not exactly the same. You know, I think the child turns out to want to please. They want yeah. to be the perfect child. They want the perfect business. And they choose something to do that will please the parent and also bring, you know, accolades to themselves so they will feel successful. That was something I thought you did really well with the Astrid character in the fact that you gave her this place with a domineering mother, but you gave her, a. she likes herself. She, yeah. or at least that's what I felt like. Mm -hmm. She's not, she's not put upon, but she wants to please. Right. Yeah. And then she, then she meets the Everwoods. So give us a little bit of history of the Everwoods. Um, okay. So Jordan is a new <laughs> character and with her comes her twin brother, Simon, um, and their grandmother, Prue Everwood, who is the owner of the Everwood Inn. There, it, the Everwood Inn is mentioned very briefly in Delilah Green. Um, okay. Um, so I kind of, you know, a little Easter egg, a pre-Easter egg, a prequel Easter egg. Um, and so, and then, so Jordan, she um, is a carpenter. She has, I, I can't say too much without giving away some spoilers, but she, um, her partner, she's not with her partner anymore. And it's pretty devastating for her. She has had been with her partner for a long, long time um, and is dealing with grief for that relationship really. And just a lot of, issues there um and in losing that person meredith in her life she um you know kind of went down a dark path in terms of just <laughs> not handling it well emotionally she's kind of considered the disaster of her family her and so her brother wants her her brother wants her to come on to help with this um renovation with the inside america show because she's a carpenter but she knows why it's really because he wants her closer and because she's a mess and they, she needs something to do because she was fired from her job. She did, was living in Savannah. So she comes to, um, to bright falls to work on that. And, um, you know, is very intent. The Everwood Inn is a very special place for her. She grew up there spending her summers there um, with her brother and Prue, her grandmother. Um, so it's very nostalgic for her. You know, it's, it does have a, a, a myth or a legend of a, of a haunting. So there's a, that's a, a person in her family, like an ancestor. So, um, you know, it's like a, a spooky kind of in, and she <laughs> wants to, she does admit that it needs updating because um, it's not doing well and they're going to go under if they don't update it. But she really wants to preserve kind of the cozy, dark, spooky corners, you know, secret corners aspect of the whole in. And while Astrid wants to turn it into a pottery barn catalog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, modern and clean, which is what yes, the yeah. Prue and Simon asked for. So that's what Astra's trying to do. But they clash big time. Um, and then the producers kind of see that they're clashing. And so they even ask them to play it up, you yes. know, just for television's sake. So, yeah. And that really does happen in real life. I have a few uh, friends and yeah, acquaintances that work in the television industry. And if on these reality shows, if you ham up the, you know, the discourse that it brings viewers in. I thought yeah. you did a really great job with that. That was interesting to watch, you know, how they progress through it because we often think, oh, if we're going to update it, it has to be bright and shiny and modern and yeah. they feel differently about the update. And that friction yeah. was really interesting to read. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I had to look up a lot of things on Pinterest for like designs. Like Astrid's kind of, Astrid's all came easily for me because I kind of like bright and shiny too. But um, plus that's just what everything you see, you know, you see shiplap and you see burlap on with yes. the, you know, just it's, you know, for the texture and, yes. you know, but for Jordan style, I was like, hmm, ha haunted, 
tin house, but that looks modern and cool. I don't really know what to do here. So I was on Pinterest a lot trying to figure out what her, how to describe her style and what she wanted to do. I love it. I will say that you kept me guessing about Simon throughout the whole book. And we, as you said, no spoilers, but you did really keep me guessing about Simon. I kept seeing Simon could go either way. And it was an interesting character. Was Simon fun to write? Um, he was, yeah. I um, I love Simon a lot. And he was actually intended to be Iris's love interest in Iris's book, the third book. But just didn't turn out that way. I was like, y'all don't. I even wrote like 15,000 words of him and Iris. And I was like, y'all have no, y'all are just platonic. This is so platonic. I can't even, I cannot make this happen. So I've had some people be like, who are Simon and Iris? And I'm like, they were, but no. But yeah, he was fun to write. And I really liked writing like a sibling, um, a sibling pair who, where they were both queer and both very supported by their family um, in that, in that queerness. And so he was fun. I still kind of dream about giving him his own book, but Iris's book kind of ruined how I could write his. So anyway, Iris, Iris ruins everything. So, yeah. I like Iris. She's yeah. fun. She is, but she's very out and in your face. So. Yes. Which is a nice thing. I, I yeah. felt like you gave your characters a spectrum for lack of a better term, they were somewhere on the spectrum. And that was a nice thing. And it was very, I noticed it a lot. I noticed when they went shopping, they encountered a sales lady who had a, she and her on her name tag. That was, yeah. it was something subtle. It was, it wasn't to change the world. It was just part of your narrative as an author. Right. And that was very beautiful to me because it was, it was an inclusivity that I, yeah. I really do seek out, especially in rom-coms. So congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that pronouns and asking for them and talking about them should just be normalized. I mean, I have so many friends who are they them or, or they don't use the pronouns that people assume they use. And, you know, it's like we should just start normalizing asking for these things. So I try to slip that in, you know, as much as I possibly can. Well, I appreciate that. Having grown up in the South, I was taught yeah, to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir. And mm -hmm. it is part of my ingrained personality. And I now realize that even some people who are older may not identify. You know, we think yeah. oftentimes of pronouns being for the newer generation, but it's been around forever. We're just now yeah. opening the box to say, let me respect you. So that was very nice to see in your book. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So um, how about Prue? Does she remind you of your grandmother? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, my, my grandmother was, well, one of my grandmothers died pretty when I was like eight. So I didn't know her super well. But my other one, um, she is passed on now. But she, you know, she was very reticent. And I didn't really know her all that well, honestly, because she just wasn't very talkative. But Prue, honestly, was was kind of modeled after Prue Leaf on the Great British Baking Show. Um, the glasses. I mean, I just totally just basically stole Prue Leaf's whole style um, and gave it to Prue Everwood, <laughs> including her name. Um, but, you know, I really wanted someone who, an older person in Simon and uh, Jordan's life who had always been supportive um, of them, no matter what, not just their queerness, but everything. Mm -hmm. um, and who was like a, a really a safe space. Like very briefly, I touch on Jordan and Simon's backstory with their mom who um, is clinically depressed. So they had some things growing up when they were trying to figure out, you know, that mm -hmm. their 
their dad and mom were trying to figure out what was going on with, with their mom. And so that's why they spent so much time with Prue in the summers and, you know, and that, and then that safe space there. So when I, I was creating Prue, I just wanted someone who was just very warm and welcoming and opening, I mean, open and um, just very embracing of everything that her grandkids were and are. I love it. I love it. I'm ready to check into the Everwood today. I know, right? I want to go see right be there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Have you lived on the West Coast before? I have not. I have okay. been there, but I have not lived there. But I, I often feel like my soul really belongs there. Because, mm -hmm. Like, especially the Pacific Northwest, because I just love, I love that kind of weather. And I, or maybe I belong in England. I'm not sure. But I definitely <laughs> don't belong in the very hot and humid South, which is where I was born and raised and <laughs> have li lived outside of for a while, but am now back in. And I'm like, what? what why am I here? Um, what am I doing with this weather? But, um, but yeah, I no, but I love it over there. My brother lived on the West Coast for a while, for a long time. And now he's back in Tennessee, but um, he lived over there for a long time. So I got to visit in that capacity as well. But yeah, I just love that area. It is, it is beautiful in the Northwest. And if you go out by the Pacific Ocean, it's, it reminds yeah. me sort of, of where you are in Southeast Georgia in the fact that it can, you know, it's sandy and there's driftwood and stuff like that. It's very beautiful. It, mm -hmm. the, the weather is definitely very different than it yes. in the South. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're out next week, uh, I guess on the 22nd, right? 22nd. So 11 uh, days. Yes. Yeah. How exciting. <laughs> and yeah. are you going on tour? Um, I'm not. It's the week of Thanksgiving. So it's kind of an odd release day. Um, I am. I do have an event at Parnassus Books in Nashville on the 22nd with Meryl oh. Wilsner. Um, so that'll be really fun. So I am doing a launch event, um, which so far, I think, you know, a good amount of people are coming, which I'm excited about and relieved because I was like, oh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, it's going to be like me and Meryl on the bookstore. <laughs> um, but it sounds like a lot of people are, uh, you know, a good amount of people are coming. And um, and then I have a virtual event at Meet Cute Bookshop on the 30th, I think it is. So anybody can register for that. Um, but yeah, but that's about all I'm doing right now. We'll see what else comes up. But yeah. Oh, I, I think that's fantastic. It is a unique launch date, but, um, yep. you know, to be able to go somewhere supportive like Parnassus Books in Nashville is such a wonderful yeah. thing. So that's great. Yeah, it's a special place to me. I used to live in Nashville and I worked at Parnassus as well. And that's where um, I became an author. So my first book, I, when I released in 2016, a YA novel, I had a part, had a launch event there and I've had had every launch event there until I moved away in 2014. So no, when did I move away? 2019. All right. So yeah. So I really miss it. Oh, uh, that, but that's really nice to be able to go somewhere that's loving and supportive and, and you know, yeah. it, so they'll make it uh, a wonderful time. Yeah, you've, absolutely. You've written how many books now? Cause you've uh, been a busy woman. Um, let's see. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Astrid will be the eighth published book it will Fan. well yes if you don't count like i'm in a couple anthologies and then i edited an anthology but ones i wrote 100 myself um will be the eighth yeah. oh that's fantastic i mean it really is i i'm so excited i i'm excited to read your children's books one of the things i've been doing lately is buying children's books i'm a little old i guess you would say hey, for children's books you can read anything yeah precisely you want and I didn't have that growing up. We didn't have the options we have today. So that's very exciting for yeah. me. So it's like, good. But, well, once again, the book is 
Astrid Parker doesn't fail and she does not. Do you have a website or social media you would like to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, website is ashleyherringblake.com. And then um, I'm mostly on Instagram. It's Ashley H. Blake. And same handle for Twitter as well, though I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. But, you know, I am. <laughs> it is there still. It still exists. There but you I'm go. mostly on Instagram. I do have, I think, my same handle on TikTok as well. But I don't post on TikTok quite as much as I would love to. But, you know. Sometimes I'm like, TikTok is for the youths, but it's so fun. But it's really not. Like, all ages are on there. So, um, and it is fun when I do post on there, but just to do it as much as I would like. I'm the same way. I keep thinking I'm going to get the, that TikTok tomorrow. I'm sure of it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is fun. It is fun. It is indeed. Ashley, I am so excited about this book release. This is such Thank a you. delicious book, and I hope you the very, very best of success. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hang on for me just a second. All right. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.